0: Mormon Discussion Podcast is about helping Latter-day Saints like you lead with faith while tackling deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping the podcast alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. Again, that's mormondiscussionpodcast, all one word, dot .org. You can do this for as little as fifty a month or $12 a year. And this will also reward you by letting you listen to premium episodes like this one months before the general public has access. Thanks for listening. And now, on what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. I'm your host, Bill Reel. Today I want to talk to you about a talk that was just recently given uh, at BYU-Idaho, This was given by Sister Julie Willis, and it was titled Gaining Light Through Questioning. Uh, Julie Willis is the, is a chair in the Department of Geology, and this talk was just wonderful. It hits on a lot of things that we hit on here in Mormon Discussion Podcast, and so it's my hope that as we go through the, uh, her talk today, we might be able to pull little pieces apart. I will share the link for the entire talk, uh, with this episode, Please go listen to the whole thing. There were lots of things that we didn't include with this that uh, are worthy of, uh, of notice. And so please take a listen. I thought the talk was wonderful and really appreciated her giving it. And uh, so here is the first clip to get us started where she just talks about questioning uh, in general.
1: The ability and desire to ask questions and search for answers is a uniquely human attribute that is vital to the scientific, artistic, and religious advancements of humanity. We start asking questions at a very young age, as any parent of a precocious three-year-old knows. This suggests to me that we bring a questioning spirit with us from our premortal life and that our Heavenly Parents have given us the gift of mortal life so we can learn by asking and seeking. Brother Michael Otterson stated in a BYUI devotional that questioning, probing, searching, and exploring when accompanied by an attitude of personal growth and spiritual enrichment is not only one of the joys in life, it is absolutely essential to our continued progression. In other words, questions are the key to progress.
0: So we start off right off the bat with uh, Sister Willis essentially declaring that questions are essential, that they're needed for progress, and that the church has to be essentially completely comfortable with people asking questions, even difficult questions. And and on this point, I absolutely agree with her, that uh, I see no issue within the church of asking tough questions from the standpoint of the doctrine, where we sometimes run into problems is with the way in which we handle things within our culture. And uh, and she hits on this throughout the talk. And so let's, with that, uh, go to the second soundbite.
1: The Prophet Joseph's pattern of asking and seeking was foundational to the restored Church of Jesus Christ and continues to be encouraged by many church leaders today.
0: She does something really, I think, important here. She's going back to the fact of our history, which is that Joseph Smith started our faith by asking questions. And so questions in and of themselves cannot be bad. It's, it's the whole reason we're here today as a faith, as a community, uh, as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But then she does something. She talks about how many leaders today encourage questioning, but recognize that when you say many leaders, you also leave out the fact that there, it's not all leaders that some, either at the general or local level, I'm not going to try and interpret what Sister Willis intends by that, but that at least some leaders don't encourage questioning, and that she tends to hint at here, and speaks at length about later on, about the fact that asking questions uh, is a good thing, and that to limit asking questions is in many ways problematic. Let's go to the next clip.
1: Personal reflection, such as that prompted by Alma, can help us make difficult but necessary changes in direction in our lives. To illustrate, I would like to share a story about our oldest son, Tyler, who recently climbed Mount Orizaba, the highest mountain in Mexico and the third highest in North America. Tyler and a friend started their grueling climb at 2 a.m. on a cold, clear April night. Navigating huge ice crystals that grow on the glacier in the spring slowed their progress enough that they were climbing at a time of day when dangerous lightning storms might develop. As Tyler neared the summit, he learned of a threatening, massive thunderhead that had been hidden from their view by the mountain. So 100 yards from the top, he had to make a decision. Do I finish the climb and risk the storm, or do I turn back now? He later shared the self-reflection that helped him make the difficult decision to turn around. If I die on this mountain, he thought, someone else will raise my daughter. As you pondered this story, you may want to reflect on your path. Will it lead to spiritual security? Are you willing to make the hard decision to turn around if a friend warns you that you are headed towards a spiritual storm?
0: I think Sister Willis is hinting at a point here, and I I hope I'm not misinterpreting her. She talks about her son going on this this hike up a mountain in the dangerous weather that came and his needing to decide whether he pushes forward at the peril or risk of his life or whether he turns around and goes back. And I often think about all of those out there who are struggling with faith, who are going through a difficult faith transition, and who, who, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stammer here a little bit, because I wanna word this the right way. Often when we have these, these difficult times, we have a question in our mind, or maybe it's a whole host of questions, and we want answers to them. And the issues that we're, we're asking about, they're complex, they're difficult, they are, they are not simple questions. And some of these questions will take months and years to get answers to. And And I can see that within my own life, some of the difficult questions that have gone through my mind that I wanted an, an immediate answer to. And yet now looking back, it took a long time for some of those answers to come. Other pieces found in other places had to be put in their place before I was ready to hear an answer on the question that was on the forefront of my mind. And and Sister Willis seems to indicate here that if we're pressing ahead, needing answers to questions, unwilling to pause at a plateau, or to even retreat to safer ground until we're ready for that answer, we do so at the risk or peril of our spiritual life. And while many people who have deep questions will be frustrated by that idea, I completely agree with Sister Willis that each of us, as we're asking questions, as we're pondering deep issues in the church, that there's going to have to be, have to be times where we just take a break. We just pause for a minute, let go of the issue for just a moment, put it in your garden or on your shelf and just just relax and get back to other pieces of the gospel. Because if you force the issue, it may be that you're just not going to be able to put the pieces together at that moment, and if that's the demand you have, then you're going to find yourself losing faith and on the outside of the church. I'm completely comfortable telling the listeners and others who you may have an influence on, That sometimes you just have to take a break and step away and it's not an excuse and it's not a way to just fake it, but it's a way to give yourself some time to put other sides and edges of the puzzle together and just leave that centerpiece alone for just a moment. You know, whatever that foundational question that you're just absolutely struggling over and can't make sense of, work on something else for a while. Maybe even let co- go of questions completely for a month or two, just to, just to refocus. Get back into the scriptures and read. Find, make sure you've got your habits of praying and those things down. And I'm not saying that those things fix the problem, but I'm saying if we set the problem aside and just feed ourselves spiritually and get back to a place where we can start to deal with those questions again. I think she hits it on the head here. And I, and again, I, I hope I'm not misconstruing what she's saying, but in my life, there have been times where I have Forced my way up the mountain with the thunderstorm and the severe weather looming and demanding an answer and, and only to discover that that caused more hardship than if I had retreated back down slightly down the mountain just to take a pause, just to take a break and relax and look at things a new way. And I've caused myself a lot of heartache in doing that. And I, and I see the wisdom, uh, in the story that she shares here on to the next soundbite.
1: You likely have heard about people who receive a direct answer to such questions and simply need to choose to follow the well-lit path. While faith-promoting, I have observed that this level of guidance is more rare than common. A much more typical answer is supportive silence. This silence is daunting and can lead to bitterness or a fear that Heavenly Father doesn't care for you as much as He cares for someone who received a direct answer. I testify that this is not so, and I'd like to suggest a different perspective. The silence is actually a strong vote of confidence. It is Heavenly Father's way of saying, I know you can make this decision on your own. You really can. And you will grow more God-like in the process.
0: Again, I think she hits the the nail on the head. She's speaking to the idea that in the church we often talk about and teach and share with others that deep, profound answers come to Latter-day Saints who seek them in, in honest and humble prayer. But the reality is that many in the church... When faced with these severe questions over doctrine or history or social issues or great tragedies within their life or the lives of others they know, do not get those kinds of answers. And it's not because they're not praying hard enough or they're not reading their scriptures valiantly enough or they're not being righteous enough. I, I remember serving as, as bishop just a few years back and a member who was in our ward, and uh, one who had very deep, profound questions, just as I've gone through, and we were both kind of searching through these things at the same time, and and bouncing ideas off each other, as well as being a uh, a comforter to each other, and and being a friend to each other, so that we each had somebody to lean on, and in this brother who who certainly loves the gospel certainly wants the church to be true and certainly had put in just through our discussion i was very much made aware that he he had put in certainly more effort than i had put in uh, to get answers to gospel questions and it's and i look back at my life and i've had very profound answers to prayers about the book of mormon when i was con- uh, investigating uh, in regards to certain callings and questions that arose while I was serving as bishop and even some answers in the midst of my, my faith crisis that helped me to forge ahead. And this brother said he had spent, spent considerable time fasting and praying, even to the point where he was fasting for two or three days in a row, where he was going off out into sacred places and seeking Heavenly Father in prayer for answers to these these deep questions and whereas I had found answers and to be honest relatively easily at times when it came to spiritually seeking answers from God he had not received answers even though he had put in certainly way more effort than I had put in and so I think sister Willis here speaks a great truth to admonish us as church members to recognize that God works with each of us differently. Now on to the next bit.
1: Similarly, seeking answers to tough doctrinal questions may be a prolonged process that feels devoid of light. In fact, some of you might be thinking right now, I, or a friend, have gospel questions that don't feel like they can bring spiritual light. In fact, they seem to bring just the opposite. Asking and seeking answers to these tough questions can be an important part of some, though not all, people's spiritual development. For those who have such questions, not seeking an answer is akin to perishing in darkness, while embracing the question can bring the joy of searching and the possibility of resolution. When faced with a troubling doctrinal question, you may feel that darkness and confusion dominate your life and that you are alone in your struggles. President Ukdorf implied that many faithful members of the church can relate with these feelings when he stated, there are few members of the church who at one time or another have not wrestled with serious or sensitive questions.
0: Sister Willis is speaking to the the anguish that comes when the question kind of hits you in a way that you recognize that if this, the answer to this question is not, is not a faithful one, if, if the answer to this question only presents more problems, that one is essentially on the precipice of losing their faith, all of a sudden the questions can become quite scary. When we encounter issues within the church for the first time, Asking questions about these issues, these problematic areas in our church's history, force us to come face-to-face with the idea that perhaps, maybe, I've been duped and the church isn't true. It isn't what it claims to be. And so to push forward and to push through these questions can sometimes be so daunting that some will simply retreat and and never tackle them so that they can just simply remain in that faithful paradigm that they're in. And, and again, Sister w- Willis does an excellent job here by making the point that that's not where the growth is, that we need to be truth seekers, that we need to ask questions, and that even if those questions pose some risk, that we need to be willing to take them on. Now again, she talks about doing so smartly, doing so at a pace that you can handle, Doing so in a way that uh, leads with faith, but to simply toss the questions aside and to retreat, and to say, "Oh, I'm never going to open that door again. That is way too risky." She she seems pretty certain, and I would agree with her that that uh, that's not the path we want to take if we truly want to progress. Now on to the next bit.
1: I want to share a few insights that have helped me deal with difficult questions. These insights are not meant to answer your questions, nor are they meant to diminish the complexity of your struggles. They are shared to help you maintain light as you seek resolution. I will start with a story related by M. Sue Bergen in a recent BYU magazine. I quote, When Tom Pusey was a teenager, he became perplexed by arguments challenging his religious beliefs. He went to his dad in emotional anguish, doubting all he had been taught. His father smiled, hugged him, and said, This is wonderful. Then his father told him, It's okay to question. You'll figure it out. And, Tommy, you're going to be okay. Tom later noted that he believed his father— which gave him added confidence to resolve his doubts. This story contains three key points. First, it is okay to ask the questions. Questioning does not a rebel make. Second, if someone you know comes to you with doubts, try not to react in shock or dismay. Rather, do as Tom's dad did and let them know that you have confidence in their ability to work through their questions. Encourage open, heartfelt conversation and inquiry, as actively supported by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in an official statement made on June 11, 2014. The Church is a family made up of millions of individuals with diverse backgrounds and opinions. There is room for questions, and we welcome sincere conversations. Third, if you struggle with difficult questions, have confidence in yourself like Tom did that you can, if you choose, maintain your spiritual base. I take comfort in knowing that Brother Michael Otterson, a convert to the church and the current managing director of church public affairs, has unanswered questions.
0: Here, Sister Willis points out the way in which Family members, friends, and church leaders should handle those who have questions. One, not be dismayed by the question, not be put off, not be offended, not be defensive. To, to number two, allow the person to be comfortable with you in having that question and to be able to be encouraged by you to seek out answers and to be able to talk freely About that question. And then she also points out that the questioner, there's no reason why the questioner can't seek out answers to their questions while also, if they choose, leading with faith. And I hope you see that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, there's difficult issues out there. There are topics that, that shed some bad light on the church. There are things that the church has goofed up. Both culturally and in interpreting doctrine. And I hope, I hope that each of us can feel like the church is, is in our corner as we have these questions. That as long as we're leading with faith, that we are, we are encouraged, that we are welcome to ask tough questions and to seek out, uh, information. And input and to find new ways to, to put things together and make things work. And, and again, Sister Willis here is speaking to those who are supporting the people who have questions that they need to do so in a kind, empathetic way that encourages the person to seek truth and, and pushes them to press ahead to find answers. Uh, so anyway, I just, I find so much value in the things that she's talking about. We'll begin to wrap up here. There's about uh, six more sound bites, but they're all pretty quick. And so we'll go now to uh, another comment by, uh, by Sister Willis.
1: There were two big questions with which I had greatly wrestled and which the missionaries had not been able to answer satisfactorily. Neither could I find answers in church literature. Since I could not resolve them, I decided to put them on the shelf for some future resolution.
0: I, uh, I recently had a, a listener to the podcast send me a message in and share with me their idea that rather than talking about a shelf, that we should refer to it as a garden, that it's something we plant in our garden and, and we come back to from time to time to nourish it and see if it grows into, into a, uh, an answer. And I like that because the shelf can be problematic, and it does have kind of a negative connotation to it in our culture for those who have questions. And again, that our, our history is based on a young man going into the grove of trees and asking deep questions about faith. And so questions, again, should be perfectly welcomed and encouraged. Sister Willis follows that up with, uh, with this comment.
1: Despite his unresolved questions, Brother Otterson was baptized and has served in the Church for many years. His example suggests that you can continue to attend Church meetings and fulfill your Church callings even as you question. Doing so does not make you a hypocrite or devalue your service. In fact, President Uchtdorf suggests that one purpose of the Church is to provide a safe place. Where all, even those with challenges, can nurture and cultivate the seed of faith.
0: Here, Sister Willis is simply pointing out that the church should be an environment. It should be a place where those who question can be nurtured and can be, can be taught and, and have a place where their faith can grow and that it should not be a place where questions are stomped on or uh, or ridiculed or shamed or in any way not uh, not permitted that church is the ideal place to have people with questions uh work together to grow in faith. She continues with with this next quote where she just lays out some some recommendations or some counsel For those who have questions, but I think some of it even pertains, again, to those who are helping. And here's her suggestions.
1: Be mature. Tantrums close doors. Set the question, not the gospel, on a shelf. Don't set time limits. Recognize that insights can come from both church and non-church resources. Cross-check insights with gospel doctrine.
0: All good advice. But the, the main focus there that, that drew my attention was the whole idea of making it known that, that both church sources as well as sources found outside of the church are helpful for answering questions. And we often have in our culture this idea that, that for one to be a good Latter-day Saint, one should only read church approved sources. And I did this a while back. I went into LDS.org, did a search because I expected to find counsel from church leaders in various church magazines and general conference talks, indicating that we as members should stay away from critical material. And and what I was surprised to find was that there was little and almost no advice to that extent. And yet, as a culture, we as members think that we need to be looking at, and only looking at, church-approved sources. But in reality, many of the answers... To my deep questions came from reading various sources, some within the church, some in apologetic sites like Fair Mormon or Shields or Jeff Lindsay's site, uh, and some came by looking at different critics talking about the same issue and realizing how far apart even they were from coming to some kind of conclusion on on a particular issue. And so Maybe just the point being made here that for those who are struggling and for those who are supporting friends and family and church members who are struggling, realize that to say, hey, you should only read church-approved sources or resources is problematic and probably not the best advice. Now on to the next uh, soundbite from Sister Julie Willis.
1: I found it surprising that many of my insights did not come while listening to General Conference or during scripture study, but when I received an insight, I could see how it fit directly with those sources.
0: She hits on it again that uh, answers do not always come from church sources, but she also kind of makes a a point that's almost the other side of the coin, which is that in general conference, or in reading the Ensign, or in reading her scriptures... Those were not always places, those were places sometimes that answers did not come from. And I think that's important to make. I think we sometimes expect that church sources will provide the answers we need. But in reality, we ought to be open to truth wherever we can find it. And, and that may not always be in church sources. And so to, again, to say that someone should only stick their head in church sources and that's the only safe place to be, I think ignores the the greater arena where answers are found and solutions are, are discovered and information that can benefit and add on to what we have uh, can be accomplished. We we ought to be more open to exploring multiple avenues of truth, both in and outside of the church, in the midst of leading with faith that this is the Lord's church on earth. Now back to uh, to Sister Willis.
1: Over a period of several years, my answer was built line upon line. It was as if a dimmer switch in my brain was gradually increasing the light.
0: Amen to that. The the process of going through a faith transition and coming out the other side with your testimony intact is a long and arduous journey. It is difficult. It is full of ups and downs. It is full of moments where you feel on the verge of throwing the towel in, and it is full of moments where you discover some new insight and feel like you'll never have a problem again. But it is a long journey, and it's full of both of those extremes on the spectrum multiple times, and a lot of just uh, rough hiking somewhere in the middle. and And it's important to keep in mind that uh, that this progress takes takes a long. Long time, uh, to put things back together in a way that, that you can feel safe or feel content in your testimony once again. But I also promise as she is testifying to it, that it can be done, that we just need to give ourselves more space, that we need to lead with faith, and that we need to, to recognize that, that time, uh, isn't something that we should rush in these kinds of uh, these kinds of circumstances and experiences let's finish up with the uh, the last quote from from sister willis
1: i affirm that questioning is part of our religious heritage that there are many types of questions that can bring light into our lives and that asking questions even about difficult subjects is not taboo open dialogue, and sharing insights on similar similar struggles are part of building a community of saints.
0: Questions are good. Questions should be encouraged. Questions lead to progress and growth. I bear testimony to what Sister Willis has said in this talk, and I bear testimony that if you lead with faith, that if you if you press forward, but also take breaks and give yourself space when you need it, that you can get to the other side once again, seeing seeing the beauty and the growth that uh, that you have gone through. May the Lord warm your shoulders, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.